Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place where you can come to heal, to feel at home, to love, and hopefully laugh. Today, I have the great honor to be with a dear friend of mine, Sandy Schilling, and we're going to talk about what happens when you transform your life from a childhood that isn't ideal into your adulthood which does become very ideal and a work in progress and as ideal as ideal can ever be because it's a perception there isn't any perfect ideal it it is the thing that you make that ideal into that becomes your perfect life in the sense that you wake up every morning saying i love my life i love my growth i love where i have come what I have grown into and what I am being and how I am showing up in this world. So I would like to introduce you to Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Good morning, Nita. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you here. So Sandy, you and I have known each other for about five years, maybe? Yeah, five, six years. yeah. Yeah. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you got into so i know you from acupuncture Mm -hmm. and what acupuncture released in you and opened up for you long before i even met you something happened with acupuncture can you share that with the listeners um probably eight years ago i was experiencing a lot of lower back pain and i found a fabulous acupuncturist in edina um, that works with muscles and acupuncture and stuff like that. So um, I got, she manipulated my back and then I laid on my tummy and then she goes, how do you feel about having a needle in your butt? I go, go for it. I don't care. Whatever it takes away my back pain. So I had never had acupuncture before. You go, whatever, let's go for it. So she stuck this very large needle in my butt. And at first, like, woo! But she was a very calm, loving, safe person, as you are. And that second or third needle went in my butt. I started crying. Literally, I had a river flowing from my eyes down to the floor because I remember it was some of my black mascara <laughs> going under the carpet because I was crying. And she was, is that hurting you? And I said, no, I have no idea why I'm crying. And she goes, oh, Sandy, you have a lot of stuff that has stored here. So I go, go for it. So that's how it all started is I realized I had a lot of emotions stuck in my muscles causing havoc on me. And I am had started a new journey since then and go, there's something in there and I'm going to get it out. Yeah. So you were in your adult years Absolutely. when this happened, yeah. right? Okay. After children. Yeah. yeah. So I'm 57 now, so like 47, 48, I started doing all this. Okay. And I had no idea that I had all that stuff inside me. Yeah. So that was the first key that opened up for you that there's something going on. At that moment, did you know you wanted to investigate and figure out 
what is happening what's locked up in me absolutely so then I did that and it it kind of helped my lower back pain and then I um and then I went to a different guy because I know my adrenals were like fried so I went to a a very Chinese medicine guy in Egan and he helped me immensely but he didn't feel safe yeah. And his room was white and he was very, didn't talk. And so whenever I got a needle for him, I never shed a tear. Yeah. Amazing. Isn't that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of like my adrenals were healed from them. And I think probably my thyroid was helping him then too. And then a friend of mine, um, Sonia, she went to you and she goes, Hey, we have this group on, um, coupon. Let's go to, you want to try Nita? And I go, sure. So, <laughs> you know, sitting in a chair and, um, not too many people are around. I go, this is a good deal. I'm going to come keep, keep on coming back here. So probably the second time, you know, you're talking in your very calm, loving, safe voice. And then you start putting needles in my arm and my wrist and I start crying again. I go, what is going on? So the acupuncture is when it started. But do you want me to go on to that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then you said, you know what, Sandy, I don't think I can help you with all of this stuff. Have you ever heard of EMDR? Eye movement, EMDR. They do it like it releases trauma. Right. Yeah. A lot of like post-traumatic stress syndrome, that kind of thing. So um, she was just down the hallway from you. So I went to her three different times. And, um, oh my gosh, that was super painful. Yeah. And painful, why? Because there's not anything being done to you. It's emotionally painful, heartbreaking painful. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, Brought up three different episodes with my father. Mm. And then I realized every time I bring up the word safe, I can't say it. Wow. So I did the EMDR, and that was profoundly, because there was three episodes that really would make my heart and my chest so tight. So we went through it emotionally. Emotionally, I was able to release that. And now when I think about it, like I'm sitting at the table with my dad and my other sisters and how he would just say, you know, you're not, you're a piece of shit and, you know, you're going to listen to me and you're not going to say a word and, and how dare you say anything because I'm the one knows everything and you don't know anything so sitting at the table when we were younger that has totally erased from me it doesn't really bother me anymore like yeah tick tock tick tock back and forth you know no it doesn't bother me anymore so anyway after that I went to some um, counseling Um, I went to marriage counseling because it was all my husband's fault. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Well, the truth of the matter is, listeners, it's always <sighs> the husband's fault, no matter what. <laughs> joking. I'm joking. So, listen to this. So, three sessions into our marriage, I was like, oh my gosh, he's got all the problems. He doesn't know how to talk. He intimidates me. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the third time of a marriage counseling, the marriage counselor said, um, Dieter, you are released. You can go. But, Sandy, you need to stay. Oh, God. And I go, what? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Miss Perfect here? <laughs> oh. So that led to more stuff. Yeah. So that was my second counselor that I went to. I went to a counselor before that. And then 
what I started doing is I um, heard about EFT, emotional freedom tapping. Yeah. So I started doing that online and I learned how to do it myself. And then, um, you know, tap through the meridians and release the emotions and some of the stuff kind of came up. And then through this council that I was working, she was doing EFT with me also. And then because I could never say the word saved. Mm. And through some of these things, I said, if you're having a hard time saying some words, if something is stuck, you might need some counseling. So that's why I searched for her. And then through this emotional freedom tapping, I would go, my dad's never going to hurt me again. He can never hurt me. He's never going to hurt my soul. Um, he, he can't hurt me. He can't hurt me. And then it wasn't my dad anymore. What was it? It was, um, I was raped when I was 21 years old. And I found out this when I was 49 or 50. Wow. I had that buried. Yes. Because yeah. it was my fault. How dare I put myself in that position? How dare I not walk away from him? Why did you just stick up for yourself? Why did you allow that? You know, I just shoved it all in. Do you think that most women do that when they're sexually assaulted, that they take that on as it's their responsibility? They should have done something different. It was something that I did, or how come I didn't see the signs? Why didn't I run? Or this is a punishment or whatever. I, I think so, because that's exactly what I did. I yeah. told no one. Oh God. It was my fault. Yeah. You know? How dare I go to this place with him? And it just felt wrong from the time he picked me up. It was a date. Yeah. So interesting, because it felt wrong from, from the, the moment, moment he picked me up. So do you know, when you look back at it now, because of course, this is, it has absolutely nothing to do with blaming, shaming yourself. It has nothing to do with that. But the idea of being curious about if I knew something felt wrong then when I was 21, this beautiful young woman of 21, why didn't I trust my own instinct or why? Why did I do this thing when innately I knew this wasn't right? Do you, have you come to that? What's oh, F, F, I, I can think of six different things. Yeah. You know, he was smoking. He picked me up and he was smoking and he was dirty and he picked me up in this gross car and he brought me to a bar for a date. Um, and then he brought me to his apartment with 10 million people there. And then uh, he brought me out to the pool on the cement. You're going to, anyway, yeah. so many things. Absolutely. Because yeah. your Holy Spirit is talking to you all the time, and that Absolutely. is your soul. Absolutely. That is your soul Absolutely. talking to you. So why did you go? Do you know why you went at the very beginning when he picked you up and you and he was smoking? And so all of a sudden, this is already a red flag for mm -hmm. me. Do you know what allowed you or what we shut down to be able to, to continue and go on this date instead of saying, I'm, I'm just not going to go? I, I don't think I was strong enough. Plus, yeah. I was 21. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. I've just recently discovered, and I didn't think that I had done this for a long time, but, and I don't know if this is just a woman thing or not, but I know for me, I have a tendency that I don't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, absolutely. So I will show up for you and I will take the brunt of whatever it is because your feelings are much more important than my feelings. And whether that's the way we're raised or what that happens to be, I don't know, but it's that needs to shift and change and our own personal feelings. Right, because that if it doesn't feel right in us, right, that spirit, mm -hmm. that's that mm -hmm. that innate knowing, our our God source, our connection to God, saying, you know, here's all the red flags. The only other thing I can do is push you down and 
break your ankle right now, so you can't go out on that date. But listening to this called heart and your gut. Absolutely. So that is your soul and that is your maybe your garden angel or whoever yeah. you want to call it, your Holy Spirit is saying, watch out. Yeah. There's something going on here. Absolutely. And we have to listen to it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what did you do with this then when you discovered that for all of these years, because that, that's a few decades that you mm -hmm. kept that buried and just like that onion right just layer upon layer upon layer that all of this other stuff builds on top of it how did that feel or how did you deal with that when you got that realization first of all i figured it out and not the counselor i was seeing wow <laughs> and yeah. second of all i um i was sitting at this table with um, dieter my husband and i said there's something that came up i need to tell you about it he goes, oh, okay, what? So I told him what happened. I told him the situation. And he's a man. And he said, well, were you drinking? Mm. Well, why'd you go there? Well, why did you, why did you allow that? Mm. And it just hurt my Absolutely. soul. Yeah. And probably about two minutes later, I'm not a big talker because I was never allowed to talk you know, with my father. And that's what, that's what caused all my marriage issues. I never talked. I never told him. I was unhappy because how dare I talk to him? I was treating my husband like other kids, my father. So anyway, so I sat there and I thought about it. Like he just put a hole in my heart with a dagger, yeah. with those words. And then I said, so let's turn this around. If this was our daughter, Greta, if this happened to her when she was 21 years old, picked up by a, a gross and dirty guy who smelled like smoke and a gross, dirty car. And, and she knew it was wrong from the get-go, but she still did it and she got raped. How would you feel? I would go over there and castrate the bastard. Yeah. And I go, but, and then what do you do to your wife? Yeah. And I said, you don't love me. Oh, wow. You don't love me the way I need to be loved. That hurt him. Yeah. So he went, went and found some self-help books and that kind of thing, went to church, did some praying, and probably about a week later, he goes, you're right. I'm not showing you how I love you. I love you tremendously, Sandy, but I am not showing you. Yeah. So that really turned our marriage around, where he realized, I need to show her that I love her. I need to tell her I love her. She can't assume that I love her. Because I wouldn't ask for it. Right. Ask for it? Are you kidding? No. Right. You don't ask for things. And can you see how that makes it so difficult? You don't know how to ask for it because that was part of your upbringing. You Absolutely. don't ask. And especially, I'm not going to ask this man for it. And this man doesn't know that I'm not showing you love. And so it ends up being this marriage that it's like you go through the motions doing everything, but it's not this deep, rich, communicative relationship because we're missing these pieces and it feels like you're just on opposite sides of the world with one another yeah. and then you come together and have dinner and go through the motion and, exactly. and it looks beautiful from the outside and on the inside it's cold and empty inside of you and I don't know how it felt yeah because so um the first marriage conflict we went through um there was a question here I was like when you fight this happens and when you fight and when you argue and when you raise your voice and we didn't have that no fighting. No. No arguing. Because I never brought up that I was unhappy. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring up that he pissed me off. I didn't bring that up. Yeah. You because, shoved it down. Oh, my gosh. And some. Yeah. I gave myself an eating disorder because of it, too. 
Isn't that interesting? Because eating disorders to me are very fascinating because food is so nourishing, right? We eat this beautiful, glorious, organic, and homegrown, beautiful food to nourish this gorgeous, beautiful vessel that carries our soul. And then we also eat, swallow, shove down our emotions that are toxic. And it's very hard to say. It's easy to say, yeah, I get that. Intellectually, I completely get that. But emotionally, when you're in the middle of that, when you don't know what to do with that, and especially if you were brought up not speaking what it is you, you feel, the only other place that that can go is, is shove it down here. And it's this thing where I think that if we, when we're going to the grocery store or to a clothing store or in a carnival, an event, and when we're passing other people, when we catch eyes with each other, if in that moment, if we can just say with our eyes, I love you. And whatever that brings up for that person that somebody else acknowledges my soul, not the stuff that I'm doing out here and not who I'm trying to be in this moment, but the essence of me, the part of me that has felt all the pain and all of the pleasure. And yet I'm still standing up. I'm still, I'm still showing myself. So I think, right, because when I met you, I would never have known that because you're completely put together. You're very sophisticated. I mean, you are. You would be like, so what's my ideal put together woman look like? Well, I'm sitting right across from oh, her so and all of this stuff that goes on. So I think we do that. I think it's more common than what we know. And if we can just be kind to each other in that passing, just catch their eye for that second and just send them love because it's ultimately all love to begin with and how the whole world can start to shift and change just from that, just from that. So if we can talk about the eating disorder, how did you work through all of that? Because I would imagine that's decades of stuff shut down there. And, and now I'm working through that so I can become healthy again. How did you start? I started when I was 12 years old with the eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because my mom would binge oh. and then she'd perch yeah. and then I witnessed it. Yeah. And go, cool. So I can eat and I can throw it up yeah. and then I can be, um, be thin. Yeah. And my mother put thin people on a pedestal. She did until the day she had her stroke when she couldn't talk anymore. Thin people were always awesome and perfect and yeah. they're on a pedestal. So anyway, it started at 12 mm -hmm. and then it um, got kind of bad in college. Yeah. And then it, it never really stopped. And the, the, my darkest moment is when we were we lived in Toronto for three years because of um, Dieter's job. Okay. Um, I wasn't working. Oh. I was a stay-at-home mom. When you cook and you clean and you volunteer and go to a Bible study, just something was missing. Yeah. And I was stuck at home, and it was very, very dark. And I feel that the more I studied the Bible, the more Satan got a hold of me. Oh, I know it was. I go, why? I am studying the Bible. I'm going to this awesome weekly thing with a bunch of women and having coffee. And why are things so dark? And Satan had me. He just had me. And it, the eating disorder was terrible. Mm -hmm. Because I never talked to Dieter. Never talked to him. Yeah. You tell him how unhappy I was. Yeah. You know, here and there, wings and waves, when I'm stressful, I mean, especially when I went to counseling. Let me know if I'm talking too much. No, you're good. You're good. I love. I just love your story. Oh, mm. when I when I went to counseling, especially this very last time, she would bring up some stuff that was really. I wanted to go home and eat chocolate, and oh. I wanted. And one time I did, 
Yeah. And go, okay, so how's that working for you, Sandy? Yeah. You're shoving down food because you're afraid to talk about this because I've never been able to talk. And, and talking about myself right now is a little uncomfortable yeah. because I like to listen to people. Yes, you do. And not talk. So um, having going to a, a talking counselor was hard for me because they wanted me to hear from me. Yeah. I was like, what? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm uncomfortable talking about myself. So anyway, I was talking about myself, super uncomfortable coming home. And I binge and purge one time. I go, okay, how is that working for you, Sandy? Yeah. It's not. So the last time I was with, like, this is like my fourth counselor, um, she pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to defend myself. She said something and I was supposed to defend myself. I go, well, I go, I don't defend myself. Oh. I don't fight. I don't argue. I run. Oh. I run from arguing. I'm not going to argue with you. So I was done. So, but, but I do want to bring up the, um, this last thing that I did was super, super healing for me. I know people, a lot of people don't believe in it, but past life regression. Yeah. I feel our soul has been here before. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. We're energies. Yeah. We're in a different body. We're in a different vessel. And somehow God or whoever you want to think of has erased our memory from that. Yeah. So we're here for another reason. And as you, I know you're an old soul. You've been around many, many times, Nada, because you are so calm and loving and knowing that this body is just a vessel for our beautiful soul. And I've been called an old soul before too. Mm -hmm. So another person suggested to me, well, have you ever done a past life regression? I go, what is that? But sure, I mean, I'm up for anything. Yes, yep. So I go to, I don't, can I say his name? Sure, yeah. Um, Christopher Erickson? Christopher, Eric, Chris, Eric Christopher, that's his name. Eric Christopher. Eric Christopher. You have his card in your, yes. in your lobby. Yes. I go to his house and I go into this room and there's a, a uh, picture of Jesus was a picture of an angel, very Christian, a very good feeling of the room and kind of into feelings. Yeah. He said, so let's, what do you want to do? What, what do you want to find out? I go, I want to know what true happiness is. Mm. What is true happiness? Yeah. So before we started, um, we said a prayer and he said, guardian angels, um, Guides, whoever is here in this room with us, please help Sandy um, see true happiness or feel true happiness. What is true happiness to her? So it's a um, it's a meditative type of guided. Um, it's not a trance type of thing, right? Because you're you're alert the totally whole alert, time. Yeah. Totally alert. So yeah. we you know relax from the head down to your toes, and you're going to go through a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel, this probably took probably 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. I totally know what's going on. So at the end of this tunnel, um, he goes, what do you see? And I see pink and white fluffy clouds with a castle behind mm. it. And he goes, what, what's on your feet? And I wanted to say something to go, I can't see my feet. Yeah. And then he goes, well, what, what's on your head? Or what, what color hair do you have? Blonde. I go, girl, or are you a boy? I'm a girl. I'm in a gown. I'm yeah. in a pink white gown. So I go into this castle, not not scary at all. So I end up being by this um, very large table, like it's medieval time, probably 20 different people sitting at the table and they all have dark hair and I'm standing. And he goes, well, do you have a husband? I wanted to say I had a husband. Like, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm making this up. But yeah. I go, no, I'm not. 
and I'm not sitting and I'm not eating. I'm just standing there. So I did some other stuff and then all of a sudden like a, a bell was chiming and then all of a sudden a bunch of more people were coming and they're all shorter than me and they all have dark hair. I go, why am I so tall? Yeah. And then I said, am I an angel? Oh. Am I royalty? Yeah. And then he said, you could be royalty, but angels don't come back. They don't reincarnate. Angels don't. Okay. So then I was getting tired. I go, I need to rejuvenate myself. And I felt tired. I felt like I'm spending too much energy. So I go outside. It's the beautiful blue sky like this. Yes. Beautiful blue sky in this pink white castle and this pink white flowy cloudy gown. Yeah. I was standing outside like, oh, this feels so good. And I go, I don't know what I am, but there is this white column of bright white light inside me. And it feels like my soul because I can actually feel it. And he goes, you're a spirit guide, Sandy. Uh-huh. A spirit guide? Yeah. And he goes, What's, um, where's this white column connected? Actually, it, was, it started in my throat. It went all the way down under my gown, but I could feel it and grab onto it. And then it was like a big fish tail that connected to eternity, to source. Ooh. Wow. So when I knew that, it's like, I'm a spirit guide. I'm here. While I was in this meditative trance type of thing, he was going, maybe God brought you to your family to guide them. Oh. To guide them out of this chaos, the yeah. unlovingness. No, meaning your, your biological, your, my biological that you grew up with. Yep. Okay. So yep. we'll circle back. We'll circle back. So knowing that I am connected to source, Yeah. knowing that I've been here before and knowing that I'm a spiritual guide, it just all made sense because I'm, I'm fairly nurturing and, and people at work, they ask for me, Sandy, what would you do for this? What would you do for yes. this? And I try to guide them and I'm not a big talker. I'm more of a listener, and I was like, that is why it makes me feel so good to help people. Yeah. It feels so good to heal them, too. So here I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to guide people, to help them, to heal them, to whatever. Yeah. And that is what truly makes my soul happy. Yes. And it lights up that column of light. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this was a year and a half ago that I did this. And ever since then, I'm like, you know what? You're connected, Sandy. Yeah. What is more happy than that? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And you've noticed that for this last year and a half, you've noticed that there's more happiness and that just that feeling of when I say contentment, I don't want that to be misconstrued as satisfied, like, or settling. I'll just settle for that contentment in this is home. Oh. This feels so familiar to me. And this is that loving, nurturing home that I've always wanted to to go back to or find, and it's been with you this whole time, but you just weren't able to identify yeah. it. Yeah, do you remember two years ago when we were talking about Joe Dispenza? Yeah, And yeah. then I did that 45-minute meditative state, and then you're nothing, you're not, you're just a... As I, I went there again with this past life regression, um, and I don't know if you remember me telling you, like, what did you, what happened to you when you did this meditation? You were, like, overlooking some farms or some houses. I was in a column of light. Then. Yeah. 
I was sitting in the column of light. Mm. So this was two years ago, yeah. three years ago, doing Joe Dispenza. So it was there. Yeah. And then this, just go like, oh my gosh, that yeah. column of light is right here. Yeah. You can grab on it anytime you want to, and that is your soul yeah. connected to source. Absolutely. And that there's no bigger connection. Oh, yeah. You can surround yourself yeah. with all the people you want. You yeah. can have all the most beautiful things in the world. You can have servants and maids and every, and it will never come close to yeah. touching that connection that you have when you know this is my connection to source. This is me completely connected. Okay. Absolutely. That was what true happiness is. And isn't it so awesome that two years ago you visited this, you knew this, but sometimes I think that's how it happens is we visit it and it feels good or it feels okay, but it's not complete. Right. And that we have to keep doing more we do. work we do. to be able to really feel that complete yeah. Yeah. connection yeah. with that. So can you tell us when you were working with, is it Christopher? Eric Christopher. Eric Christopher. When you're working with Eric Christopher and he was saying, you know, so maybe this is you're here to heal your family, to shine the light on them and to take them out of this cave. What is it with your family that you needed to heal? What was your childhood like, that part that needs to be healed? All six of us have issues. Well, like, like nobody does, but um, issues with love yeah. or fighting back or type of thing. So my mom passed away in October. And I, so it was less than a year I did Eric Christopher. So at the funeral, um, this person's bickering, that person's bickering, mm -hmm. oh, she did this and he did this and he's not showing up. And, blah, blah. and I mm -hmm. felt I needed to be the mediator. It's like, you know what? It's okay. That's who, this is the reason why they're there. This is the reason why that, that happened. Everyone grieves at a different time. I was trying to be the mediator to kind of keep the peace. Yeah. I'm not really a peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, but I felt I needed to. My family is very dysfunctional, and I've kind of divorced my sister, who's mm -hmm. not well. Um, so that when he said, "I uh, maybe that's why I was brought into this biological family," is to maybe keep the peace. Yeah, but I haven't. But that's okay. But you can do healing in your own way by by just being here in the space that you're at. And sending love and blessings, even even when we cut connections with a family member or whoever it happens to be, we can always still send love and blessings to that person. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean I have to be in that position mm -hmm. where I feel like mm -hmm. I'm being taken advantage of, or I'm mm -hmm. somebody's trying to take me down, and I always have to try to protect myself and always working to keep my vibration up, and because it's exhausting, it's exhausting to be in that place. We are allowed to have boundaries. Absolutely. This is my boundary. You come over. Yes. I'm sorry, but I'm not accepting that. Yes. And you cross the boundary. I'm sorry. Yes. And how beautiful it is that you're actually able to say that and do that now because that was something that you weren't Oof. able to do for no, many, many years. years. Many years. Trying to help, trying to help, and it never helped. Yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. How is your relationship with your father now? Because I know that your father has passed away. Mm -hmm. Have you been able to come to terms with, with forgiving? Is that, or is that uh, still in process? I totally have. What I did is, um, I can't remember the time frame, probably a year and a half ago, I wrote down everything because I'm intimidated by him. I still am. But I wrote Isn't that interesting? I know. I still are. I know. I was like, oh, I had to have a conversation with him. Oh. Yeah. And what did he do that was so intimidating to you as a, as a child? 
The worst one was um, I was six years old coming in from playing outside. It was the summer, and I was just happy coming into the door. He takes his hand and just slaps me across the face. That's for hitting Rachel two weeks ago. Oh, no. He didn't want to hear my story. He didn't want to hear anything. He just decided to slap me across the face. That was his thing, slapping people across the face. Oh, he didn't want to hear anything. Yeah. So, so many times, like, you know, take out a belt and beat my, my brothers. I'm not going to go into detail. So he's just an, a very angry man. And that was the reason why you just learned, I just don't say anything, I just, especially I to a man. I shut up. And I hide. Yeah. And I don't argue. I don't bring up my side because no one wants to hear it because he just slapped the crap out of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's intimidating. Yeah. Him. And now you know that that's not true. Oh, I mean, it's gosh. still, I'm sure, still a work in progress Huge. trying to get through all of that. But now realizing the truth of it, that it really had nothing to do with me mm -hmm. at all. It was where my father was in his life. Mm -hmm. And it, it was directed towards me. So of course it feels like it was me. I was bad. I did it wrong. And I shut down and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then knowing that's not the truth mm -hmm. of who you are, mm -hmm. it was the truth of who he was for whatever reason. Oh that's where he was. Yeah. yeah. So two years ago, I wrote down on a piece of paper, dad, this hurt me. This hurt me. This hurt me. So I had a conversation with him in my piano room. Oh. He was sitting in a chair, I was sitting on the couch, and go, there's something I need to talk to you. I don't want to hear anything from you right now. I need to say this. Yeah. So I read the two pages of stuff. Yeah. It's okay. And then he said, I'm sorry. I mean, I heard him say, I'm sorry. I had no idea how I hurt you children. Yeah. I know he's sorry. Yeah. It still happened. I still can't look at a picture of him, and I won't, because yeah. he was a bastard. And he hurt my life for so many years. But having that conversation with him was truly healing. He heard it. Because yeah. I heard him say, I'm so sorry. And I know he's sorry. I know he's sorry. But it still happened. Absolutely. It still ruined a lot. Of, I mean, all six of us. It did. But I'm in pursuance. And I'm, I know I'm connected to source and it's my true happiness and what happened happened and get over it, forget it. Well, I'll never forget it, but I forgave him for sure. I'm not carrying around his grief. Yeah. No. So yeah. that was, yeah, I truly forgave him. Yeah. I did because I know he was abused when he was young too. So how did that affect how you raised your kids coming from that place of abuse and being shut down and you just don't say you don't have an opinion. You don't, how did that affect you raising your children? Because I've met your daughter. I've not met your son. I've met your daughter. And <laughs> she is the testament of your love and your beauty and your nurturing care because she is she's a beautiful girl inside and out. And that girl doesn't hold back. If no. she wants to tell you something, she'll tell you. And yeah. it's beautiful. She's very much like her father because her father does that too. Yeah. So he, she just says what, what, you know, calls a spade a spade and yeah. nothing stays inside of her. And I yeah. go, keep on doing that. It's so healthy for you, Greta. Yes. So healthy for you. So she, um, she says what on her mind. What was I, what was I saying? How that affected raising oh, your children. Having I, I think I spanked them twice yeah. when they were two years old, yeah. you know, with a padding of diaper on there and stuff. The rest of the time I never hit them ever. Yeah. They sat in a corner for yeah. discipline. I was, um, 
consistent with um, Dieter. When I said something, I meant it, yeah. and they knew it. I have always said to Greta, I'm so happy that you are telling me. You know, was it nice to argue with her? I was like, no, I wanted to run from my daughter. <laughs> I don't argue. So I had to run from her sometimes. Like, oh, no, she's home. I have to argue with her. She's 14 years old. <laughs> Those fun teenage years uh, and for a girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then Kurt, oh. Kurt was um, a little bit, he's kind of more like me. He keeps stuff inside. But he's a guy. He's not, yeah. not a big talker. But he'll say something. I mean, he'll say, Mom, you're such a passive, aggressive person. And I go, I probably am. Yeah. Do you think that's true? Do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because how I know you, when you talk about you're quiet and you're a listener, you are a very intent listener. Mm -hmm. And you don't hear the words. You hear the feeling. Big time. You hear the meaning behind it. So anybody can say whatever they want to say to you, mm -hmm. and that is not what you hear. You, you hear that person, the soul of them talking to, to you. Yep. And it's such a beautiful gift to mm -hmm. have. It is, so because, yeah, and you have been nurturing and loving and caring, and people do come to you for advice and guidance, and which, which I'm happy to though. Yes, I love it. Right, exactly, and it's like maybe that's the whole. This is my purpose. This is the reason that I'm here. This is this is my old soul's job. Here is that nurturing, listening, guiding, right? The the angel guide and helping people along the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sandy. I love you. I, <laughs> I love, love you. I love this. I love your story. Oh. I love where you started. I love where you're at. And I know that this is a work in progress Always. because we all are. Yeah. The people that we talk to that's just like, I got the whole thing figured <sighs> out. It's all mapped out. It's all done. It's just like, ooh, you have quit learning. You have quit growing. Because it's never done. I think we're going to be in our hundreds going, oh, my God, I finally know why I do this thing that's so crazy. You know what those people, those evil people, you sit down and a cup of coffee. And kind of give them a safe environment. Yeah. And start asking them some deeper questions. They've got shit too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. They have to give this persona that they're not, that nothing's wrong with them. But you sit down with them and then you realize, you know what? I prefer my life. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yours looks really pretty, but dang. I prefer my life. Coming back home. <laughs> oh. So as we start to wrap this up, Sandy, is there any advice? Because I know that there's nuggets and there's wisdom and people listening to this like, oh my God, I feel the same way and I have been there and, and if Sandy can do it, then I know that I can do it too. Is there any advice that you can offer to the listeners that just something that you gleaned from all of this? Listen to your soul. Like I'm grabbing this column with both my hands inside my, in my chest and my belly. And that is your spirit, that is an angel, that is God, that is your heart speaking to you. Yeah. Listen to it and get out of your head. Because, and you have to quiet that head. But how does it feel inside? Like making that decision. I don't care what your mind says, but how does it feel? And you can feel it. Yeah. Quiet down. So just grab onto that calm and light inside you and how does it feel if it feels right then go for it mm -hmm. if it's if it doesn't feel right then don't do it absolutely yeah absolutely. that's my biggest thing that i've learned through all of this yeah yeah and if you feel it and know it and for whatever reason if you don't feel confident enough to to follow that and you yeah. follow your head instead yeah. forgive yourself and just not like i'm learning i'm mm -hmm. learning how to do this and like mm -hmm. anything else it takes us a while to learn it and really be able to master it and do it 
where it's more beneficial for us. So it's always about forgiving ourselves too, because we're going to trip up along the way. Always. Yeah. 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 I love you, Sandy. I love you, Nita. Thank you so much for this time. You're a doll. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Yes. All right. Um, everybody, I will have information on the show notes. So if you would like to know information about Sandy or if you would like to communicate with Sandy, all you have to do is reach out to my website and that will also be on the show notes. And um, yeah, we'll take care of you because this is all about making it a really beautiful world. I want to cry with joy tears because I just adore you so much. I love you, Sandy. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. See you next week. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.